You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. You are listening to another episode of Influencer Moms, where I highlight everyday moms just like you who are making big impacts in the world. I'm so excited to share this episode of Influencer Moms with you. Today, I have Bryn Hunt Palmer, who is the host of the Birth Hour podcast. This is a podcast that I've listened to since before I was a doula. It was shared with me by a friend of mine, and I am addicted to say the least. She is a mom of two, ages four and six. They are absolutely adorable. Tuning all the way in from Austin, Texas, please help me welcome Bryn. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Hi, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you and share all of your stuff with our listeners. Um, This is so, so, so exciting. We have so much to cover. Can you tell us just a little bit about your family before we jump in too deeply? Sure. So like you said, I have two kiddos, um, Adelaide, who just turned six, and Darwin, who's like four and a half now, and then my husband, Richard, and we live in Austin, Texas. We've been kind of nomads up until recently, moving all over the country the last um, five or six years, but we've been in Austin now for a couple years and planning to stay here for a while. So yeah, that's that's us. No... um, no animal family members right now, though my kids would like a dog. <laughs> oh my goodness, you should definitely get a dog. I always encourage people to get a dog, especially if you if you have children. It's like just another child, which I know you're thinking like, whoa, just another child. The <laughs> dogs are, man, they're so amazing. Maximus really just makes my whole life complete. I love him and your kids. Oh, it's a great way to teach responsibility, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we had, I mean, this might be getting off topic, but we had a dog when Adelaide was born, a Bernese mountain dog and loved him so much. And he just like, wasn't built for kids. Oh yeah. And we did like worked with trainers and talked to his, um, you know, other people that had puppies from his litter and they all were having the same problems. Even people who had had a burner before, like that was totally great with kids. Their one from this litter wasn't. And so he was just like stressed out all the time from the moment I became pregnant. He started resource guarding me and stuff. So um, we ended up finding him a home that was with some of our friends that were not planning to have children. And ever since then, I just have this like guilt you know, about that whole thing. And I'm like, we don't deserve to be dog owners. We gave away our dog. So I need to, I need to get over it, but it was hard. It was really hard. I know. Oh my goodness. Getting rid of them or, you know, when you no longer have them, it is so, so hard. Oh my goodness. We'll all be sending you good vibes of maybe finding the perfect, perfect puppy. <laughs> yeah, maybe not a puppy. Maybe we'll just uh, rescue a slightly older dog. Oh, yeah, rescues. Oh, those are the best. Those are the best. All right. Well, good luck with the dog search. I'll, <laughs> I'll be sending you good vibes for that. Can Thanks. you tell us a little bit about how you found yourself like in the birth world and what made you choose birth? 
as your passion? Yeah. So I guess it just goes back to having my own babies when I was pregnant. And even before I was pregnant with my oldest, I just like read all the books and did all the research and, um, watch the business of being born, which is, I think a lot of people's yep. initiation into yep. the birth world. Um, and then I decided to have a home birth, which I think that, um, path just kind of automatically throws you into the birth world. Like all of a sudden you're in these Facebook groups talking about birth all the time and you're, you know, going to meetups at the local crunchy parenting <laughs> natural shop or whatever. <laughs> Well, Leche League meetings. And so I just, you know, was making a lot of friends that were also interested in birth and breastfeeding and things like that. Um, and then I was really into reading birth stories, which is kind of how the idea for the podcast came along that I would just read as many stories as I could get my hands on when I was pregnant. I love it. Oh my goodness. So, so many, so many people come into the birth world um, because of their own story of motherhood and it is something that I really admire in so many people and it's a it's a really great source for those of us who don't have children for us to get birth stories and to hear really empowering stories. I um I can really respect that. I'm so glad you shared that. Thanks. So you've created an online childbirth education course and I've taken it and it is absolutely unbelievable. Um I truly think that if you are a parent that's looking for online childbirth ed classes and there's a lot of you out there. I hear it more and more. I think you should definitely look into purchasing this particular childbirth ed course um, that's offered online. If you have any questions about it, please reach out to me. Uh, I know that Bryn is also happy to answer any of your questions. Um, but Bryn, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of what inspired you to do your childbirth ed classes and when kind of what that looks like for our listeners. Definitely. So with the birth hour, I was getting messages and emails and things all the time from people saying how listening to the podcast was like their number one birth preparation method, which of course I loved hearing, but um, I wanted to be able to offer something else that went a little bit deeper right. into evidence-based information because with the birth hour, I'm really not censoring it at all. It's, it's each individual mom's experience, which there is a lot of value in that um, as far as learning from people's experiences, but I wanted to kind of like compile everything into one place. And I met my partner, Stephanie, who um, has been doing childbirth education in person for years. And I actually attended some of her classes and I was just blown away by her approach. It was nothing I'd ever seen before. It wasn't like subscribing to one specific method like Bradley method or Lamaze or even hypnobirthing. Like it was really just evidence-based information. Um, put together for each stage of like from the final weeks of pregnancy through um, newborn care, postpartum, breastfeeding, all of that stuff. And it was her approach, not only as being a certified childbirth educator in um, evidence-based birth courses that she's taken, but also her experience as being a doula where she's attended all of these births. And the majority of the births that she's attended are in hospitals, which is where most women give birth. So that's kind of what I wanted to really um, be sure to address in the childbirth education. So, and I know so many parents these days just don't have time to go to a class every week or, you know, a whole weekend or something like that. So with the online format, people can do it at their own pace. And we've, you know, found a program 
online that allows us to offer um, lifetime access to people so they can use it for their next birth or whatever they need. Um, so basically just everything came together really nicely with this partnership with Stephanie. And um, yeah, I'm super, super proud of it. I'm glad to hear that, that it was helpful to you. That is amazing. I'm so excited to see that you are, um, you know, catering to parents who are so, so busy and, um, you know, have access to the internet throughout their days and throughout their evenings, but maybe not be able to get to a physical location for childbirth ed courses. Um, and yeah, as far as your particular course goes, that's kind of how I felt is that it was just compiled information in you know, a really beautiful structure and it was all evidence-based and there was very much this tone of like, here's what you're working with. You choose what is right for you, um, which obviously is the goal here. Right. Yeah. No, no judgment on what people choose. We just want people to be informed in their decision-making. And if they, you know, want a certain type of birth, we're going to give them the resources to have the best chance at, at having that. Oh my goodness. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is why we get along so well. That <laughs> sounded like words literally out of my mouth. <laughs> so how has it been being a full-time mom, a wife, producing a podcast twice a week, raising your children to be these really kind and genuine um, loving individuals. Oh my goodness. I follow you on Instagram and they, oh, you're doing such an amazing job raising them, but you're so busy. Well, how, how do you do it all? How has it been? Well, thank you for that. First of all, they are pretty, uh, pretty adorable. Definitely um, not your perfect Instagram uh, <laughs> image that I might portray, but um, we're just a normal family. Um, when I started the podcast, it was definitely a lot of work. I was working a full-time job at the time, um, you know, like a normal nine-to-five commuting, all of that. And did that for the first almost two years. And then when the podcast got to a place where I could um, leave my day job and do the podcast full time, honestly, like I go through like seasons where it's really, really busy, like getting the um, childbirth course together and everything. But um, for the most part, I feel really, really lucky because I've kind of got it on, um, you know, it's kind of automated now and I know what I'm doing and I have the flexibility to be here when my kids get out of school and we can do things in the afternoons and I can, you know, go up to their classroom for their Valentine's party and things like that, that I would have never been able to do before when I was working, um, my full-time job as well. So, um, I, I honestly like don't feel like I, I'm busy in the sense that like I'm running, you know, a household and we're all busy, but, um, I try not to use that as my, you know, when people say, how are you doing? I try not to say busy as my first thing because I really yeah. feel like I'm, I'm lucky to, to have what I have. So. Yeah. It really gives you a spin on perspective, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced the same thing. Um, since, quitting my day job and, and doing the doula thing full time. Um, you are so extremely busy, but it really makes you realize how uh, grateful you are. Um, yeah, I feel like it almost takes up more headspace oh, to yeah. run your own business because oh, yeah. you're never not thinking about it. Yep. 
but time wise, I feel like I have, you know, I have the time to go to the grocery store in the middle of the week and not have to try to fit it in, you know, on the weekends or whatever. So it's, it's a give and take, I guess. <laughs> For sure. And you have, um, you have the ability to like prioritize things like being able to go to your child's, you know, party at school and stuff like that. So that, yeah, it's a give and take. I, I really love it. Me too. So what um, has been the what has been the biggest challenge or where have you had the biggest learning curve when it comes to being a business owner and a parent when it comes to like juggling those two things? I think, you know, kind of going back to our, just what we were just talking about, it's really about finding balance between the two. Um, the biggest challenges for me around being a business owner are related to, usually related to financial stuff. Like I just don't like dealing with um, taxes and that kind of thing. And then there's also the uncertainty of income versus um, when you're a salaried employee and you know, you know exactly yeah. what your income is going to be every month. But talking to other business owners about that, you know, there's no guarantees even in those types of jobs, you know, you could lose that job and be starting over. So, um, I try to keep that in mind too, that, you know, it's just, um, kind of roll with the punches there. And then as far as parenting while being a business owner, I mean, I'm really happy to be able to show my kids that you can enjoy the work that you do and do something that you're passionate about and, um, you know, they're, they're pretty young right now, but when people ask them what they're going to be when they grow up, a lot of times they'll say podcaster, even Aww. though I don't think they know what that means at all. But I think just the idea of that, that they, you know, could do something from their kitchen table with just their, you know, computer and microphone, whatever that looks like for them. It might be, you know, out building fences or something, but um, that you can work for yourself and that you don't have to like follow this path that everyone around you is following, which is kind of how I grew up with, you know, you're going to go to college and you're right. going to get some sort of office job. Who knows what you're going to yeah. actually be doing. Um, and you're going to just be like waiting for the data to get over so you can leave. So that's really amazing that you give them the freedom to um, kind of think outside the box or that box that I think a lot of us were taught to think inside of. Um, that's really amazing. And these are, these are the things that I, I see you do every day. I think some of them you do without even realizing it. Maybe um, they're so subtle and they're so, I don't know, they come very natural to you. You are an amazing parent. I was wondering if you had seen a shift in your relationship with your husband and uh, you know, what are some key things that help you to stay connected since you guys are raising two children and um, you know, working and running a podcast and, all the things. Yeah, well, it's cool because Richard has been helping me with the podcast since, uh, really since the beginning. Um, he, he's, you know, kind of a musician on the side for his personal enjoyment kind of thing, but he's, you know, edited music and stuff like that before. So when he saw me struggling with the editing aspect, being my least favorite part, he kind of just took that over for me. And editing a podcast is probably one of the more time consuming, um, aspects. So, the fact that he's been that like super supportive of it since the beginning, you know, a lot of times it involves staying up till 3 a.m. the night before we published an episode to get it edited. Um, 
has really just like meant so much to me. And it's like an actual visual way to see him supporting me versus just saying like, yeah, I support what you do. You know, he's actually been involved. So that's been really cool. Um, we've always talked about it as, you know, like our podcast and he keeps track of stats and download numbers and stuff like that more than I even do. And, you know, he knows when I have like new reviews on iTunes and I, I don't read them at all really anymore. So it's fun to see him, you know, excited about it along with me. So I think that's really cool. And at the same time, he has, you know, his own career and it's not like we're around each other 24 seven working on the same project, which I know some people do. Um, and maybe that'll be us one day, but I think right now it's good that we each have our own, um, thing that we're excited about. And then what was your other question? How do we stay connected? Um, I think really just finding time to be together and we don't get out a lot for like date nights and stuff, but, um, at home, just sitting down and talking or finding a show that we both want to watch together that we, you know, wait to watch the next episode until we're both together, things like that. Um, just feeling kind of like the pre-kid days where you can just lounge about and have all the time in the world um, have been really great. Um, and just like really good conversations. I think for us, the big um, conversations where we really connect are kind of big term thinking and thinking about the future and where we want to live and what kind of um, house we want to have one day and stuff like that. We get really, um, we get really into those types of like dream planning together, which I really enjoy. That sounds like so much fun. Those are always really fun conversations to have. Um, I love how you highlight, um, by examples, but you highlight the communication as such a huge piece. I think um, that can be something that's really hard to keep up with when you have so much going on, um, is the communication between you and your partner, or ex especially quality conversation, you know, sitting down and having those future talks or sitting down and really truly sharing your day. Um, it can be really hard if you're always passing one another as, as, your partner comes, you go. And as you come, they go and, you know. Yeah, definitely. And one thing he is really amazing about is not acting like um, his job is the priority just because it's like the actual, you know, traditional sense of a job where it's salaried and he has a boss and he has to be there certain hours. Um, I definitely do a lot of the um, household things because I have the flexibility. But mm -hmm. if I have, you know, a conference that I – want to go to for, you know, it's going to further my business. He'll, you know, reschedule things on his end and make it work for me. And same with, you know, just random things that come up in the middle of the week, or even if we have a snow day, he'll make sure that it's okay that I'm the one, you know, that the kids are going to be home with me. And, um, he won't just assume that because I have this like, you know, non-job job that I'm going to take over. He'll be like, well, what's your schedule look like tomorrow? Um, I could maybe take one of them to the office with me, things like that, that I find very, um, helpful. And I really appreciate that he treats, you know, he treats my business like it's my job, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it is your job. Yeah. This is, this is what you do. This is um, amazing to hear. I absolutely love to hear people who have really supportive and understanding uh, spouses, but also that get involved. Um, so that looks 
very much like what Nicholas and I um, do as well. And Nicholas always takes interest in what I'm doing and is very supportive. And, um, he, you know, he levels me and, and grounds me when I am spinning out 25 different ideas and, you know, take a breath, write it down, <laughs> prioritize <laughs> them. It's nice to have that balance. It's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would do without the support. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you have that. Yeah. One of the things that um, is a huge, a huge thing for me is um, self-care. So it's something that I participate in regularly myself. I try and encourage my clients to do so. Um, I just think that really taking care of yourself or at least setting some time aside for yourself, it doesn't always have to look like pampering. It could just be five minutes of connecting to yourself, taking a deep breath, being able to reestablish your mindset is super, super important um, on a regular basis. Can you tell us a little bit about what self-care looks like for you? Yeah. So I think you kind of um, hit the nail on the head there with the on a regular basis part, because I don't really do a lot of, um, you know, I'm going to go get a massage or I'm going to do this special um, girls trip or, you know, I, I don't plan like things like that where I, I feel like are the traditional sense of self-care, mm -hmm. but I feel like my daily routine, I'm really taking care of myself these days. Like I'm not as stressed out um, physically. I'm feeling much better. I've dealt with back and neck pain and things like that for a long time. And now that I work from home and I'm not commuting, um, I feel a lot better physically. And then I sleep in in the mornings. I mean, sleeping in for me is like eight o'clock, but you know, it used to be like six. Yeah. So it's a pretty big difference. You know, my husband takes the kids to school in the morning, which is amazing. And I, for me, I'm just one of those people that needs a lot of sleep and getting that in the morning and getting up and like just going and getting coffee and not having to like get the kids out the door. Um, has been just a huge <laughs> life shift for me. Um, cause I've definitely been on the other side of that. And I think that's probably my biggest self-care thing is not feeling guilty about that. You know, even if I know that it's going to be a rough morning for him because he was up late working and I'll, you know, I'll make the lunches the night before and try to set him up for success as much as possible, but I won't like go out of my way to get up early and try to help him out because I know he's just going to power through it, you know, and that that extra hour of sleep is going to make a big difference for me. So that's my biggest, I think, daily thing. Um, and I try to do, you know, regular yoga and things like that around the house and eat well and all of that. But, um, yeah, I don't do a whole lot of the specific pedicure and things like that. So I don't know, maybe I should do more of it, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think that that's what self-care has to look like. Um, and I hear you on the sleep, sister. I am all about slow mornings. I love to sleep in. My sleep in looks a little bit later than 8 o'clock. I would love to stay in bed between 9 and 10 and get up and slowly start my morning by 10 and then work throughout the evening. Um, that always always just sets my day up for success. It doesn't always happen though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that is a perfect self-care thing. And also through that story, I heard that you were advocating for yourself, which is huge. I think that that's, a, that's something a lot of parents don't do. It's advocating for yourself and saying, I will make the lunches tonight and try and set you up for success tomorrow. But 
tomorrow is you. You got it. I believe in you. I think it'll be awesome. <laughs> you know, like there are, there are points where you have to say, I'm going to be a little selfish at this because I know that it'll pay off um, in the back end. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. So can you tell me a little bit about something that you've learned about opening up your business and maybe what you would tell a parent who is exploring the option of opening up their own business and, you know, wondering how to do it with kids around? Yeah, I would say first thing is don't expect it to be your sole source of income. Um, I think it's Brene Brown that talks about this or maybe Elizabeth Gilbert, one of those, one of those great ones, um, that if you put that kind of pressure on your passion project right from the beginning, it is just going to kill it for you because you're so stressed out about, you know, feeding your family. So I would say try to figure out a way to do it in the fringe hours where you can um, continue, you know, and maybe you aren't working full-time like I was, maybe your spouse is and you, and you were just basically adding this onto your plate, but it's still something actually you're taking on. So I think just be intentional about kind of slowly uh, ramping it up um, and not relying on it from the beginning because then you'll just be stressed out. Um, That's my first thing. Uh, Like I said before, I did it all in evenings and weekends for the first couple years with the birth hour. It was a lot of work, but um, I was passionate about it. So that's my second thing is choose something that you really love and that you're passionate about, not just something that you think might be, you know, the next big idea or that might make you a lot of money or, you know, fame or whatever. I think just make sure it's something that you really enjoy doing. And then that helps with avoiding burnout as well. So those are my two big things. I like that. Those are really awesome pieces of advice. Um, And as far as parenting goes, uh, what would your number one piece of advice for that be? Oh my gosh. I don't think, <laughs> There's so much. I don't think I have one. Um, of Like ignore all the advice, you know, like I think do your research and, and, you know, obviously there's certain things you just need to know about. Um, like the other day I had to Google when children get molars because my daughter had this like thing in the back of her mouth poking out and I was like, what? Oh, oh, she must be getting molars. And I Googled it. And sure enough, between six and seven years, you get your molar. Um, So there's there's things like that that you need to know. But um, a lot of the advice out there is is right for some people, but maybe not right for you. And it can be overwhelming. And, you know, there's a lot of judgment around parenting choices and things like that. So follow your your gut instinct. I think that it's hard when you're pregnant with your first sometimes to know what that is. And then yep. at least for me, like once I had my daughter, like my mama bear instinct kicked in and all of a sudden I didn't care what people were saying to me. Cause I got a lot of, um, you know, judgment around our birth plan with the home birth and stuff. And, um, by the time she was born, I was like, you know what, this was what was right for us. And now when you give me your advice about pacifiers or whatever, like I'm going to ignore it. Cause I know what, I know what is right for us. Um, so really like, listen, listen to that inner voice that you hear as a parent, um, and try not to same thing, like try not to put your, um, personal opinions and judgment on the other parents just because it worked for you might not work for them. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. 
Oh my goodness. I absolutely love all the things that you stand for and uh, your podcast is, like I say, it's, it really is addicting. You will find yourself, um, you know, listening to binge listening, basically one after the other. Bryn, tell us, uh, tell us where people can find you if they wanted to reach out to you. Sure. So uh, my website is thebirthhour.com and all of my social media information is there, but it's pretty much just the birth hour everywhere. Um, if you want to see a lot of beautiful images of birth and breastfeeding and things like that, Instagram is a great place to connect with me. Um, and it's just at the birth hour. And then my personal one is Bryn Hunt Palmer. If anyone wants to see, you know, my cute curly haired kids, that's mostly what that is. <laughs> I suggest uh, following that one as well. It's very comical and, oh my goodness, so sweet. It melts your heart and it also like gives you energy. I always find myself being like, yeah, that's right. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to be more intentional with that personal account because I know it's something I'm going to look back at. I don't do a whole lot of, you know, scrapbooking or even keeping up with baby book or anything like that. So I'm like, this is going to be kind of our, you know, recording <laughs> mechanism for our family. So I try to write captions that really, you know, describe the moment that we're in at that time. Yeah. Oh, intentional. One of my very, very, very favorite words. I love it. Really quickly before we hop off, can you tell um, us a little bit about the application process uh, to be featured on your show if the listeners wanted to explore sharing their own birth story on a podcast? Sure. So at thebirthhour.com, there's a place in the upper right-hand corner um, where it just says, I think, submit your story or share your story. And it's just an easy Google form people can fill out. If you're on mobile, I'm not sure, but you'll find it. Um, <laughs> it might be just in a drop-down menu or something like that. But I would recommend doing it on the computer because I do ask a good number of questions just to kind of get a feel for it. So that's the best place to do that. I love it. Oh my goodness. Bryn, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was fun to be on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> A little bit different perspective, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're so inspirational and really making a huge impact in so many women's lives. Um, we can, we can see it everywhere from, um, you know, the people you serve with your childbirth ed courses all the way to the comments on your Instagram posts. Um, I hope everyone who enjoys listening to birth stories of all kinds hops over to check out the Birth Hour podcast. And if you want to share your story, I really encourage you to share your story with Bryn. Reach out. Um, I think other people would love to hear your story as well. That's all we have for today, folks. As always, Village members, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook and our Instagram tribe is at Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.